Hey everyone. So here, here's something that I haven't really spoken about in all this sort of uh, unraveling. And I think perhaps one of the most, most important parts of healing from trauma, and that is the amount of feelings that you have refused. And I'm talking about the feelings of grief and hurt and sadness and neglect and that little child that had no one to soothe and love and cuddle and give it, you know, all the reassurance and love of the world. So my response to trauma, and everybody's response is different, but you will be having a response with very, very limited, well, basically you have nothing other than your, your own system to adapt and to respond, right? There's nothing around you. There, if there is trauma, there is terror. There's no safety. There's no one that's safe and loving and whatever. So you don't have a lot of tools, weapons to respond to a huge hit early on, right? And it's a huge hit. It's a huge injury if you're a child. Um, one of mine, one of the things that I've had to, and it's very difficult to deal with, is letting go of the feelings. Because one of the things um, so in my scenario it was you know, if you cry, I'll kill you, or if you cry, you're weak. If you cry, you're wrong. Basically, do what I tell you and, you know, don't be a nuisance about the response, which is insane when there's sexual abuse, right? Or, you know, you're confronted with an adult and you're a child. Um, or whatever, they hit you, they scream, yell, whatever they do to you. The response is to cry and to cry is to get the response of a loving parent right that's how it works everything that's happening as a child because it can't talk it can't doesn't know what's going on it responds intuitively you respond intuitively you cry you feel you fall over you cry it hurts you cry and when you cry an adult realizes, oh, I need to go over there and be with my little munchkin and heal them and love them and tell them it's okay. They're going to be okay. Right? Because they're vulnerable. You're a little thing. You're vulnerable. You're little. You need, you know, you're like a little plant that needs to be nurtured as it grows. If, however, the response is, don't cry, you're you, you cry, you're weak. I mean, it's horrific, right? There's something wrong with you. I mean, for fuck's sake, you're two, you're three. Then those feelings have been refused. And that is a dam that grows bigger and bigger. You cannot let those feelings out because if you do, so here's a crazy, right? Intuitively, as a child, in the, you know, the beginnings of existence, 
you need still to be you know um greenhoused you know you need to be loved you need to be attended to you're like this little crocus this beautiful delicate crocus that needs to be cared for and strengthened by the people around you by love by nurturing by safety so that you get strong right so you know it's almost like the reflection of an adult is the building blocks of your strength it's your muscle when you fall down and a parent loves and soothes and takes care of you you are empowered your muscle of self grows you are seen you require another person to see you to grow not a person that's going to like wipe you out right so if as a child something terrible happens you cry and a parent comes and soothes you there's a there's a healing it's processed it's not thrown into the underground if however you're abused and you cry and you respond and they say don't cry or they hit you even harder or whatever it is that they do then that feeling is going to be unprocessed put away and made wrong for you to be vulnerable to get love to receive love is unacceptable is wrong so what happens is that you yourself build within you a structure an energetic structure that refuses yourself so not only are you being refused on the outside but then you have internal structure that says listen maria if you cry we're fucked so like don't cry you literally build your own version of them within you that's another obstacle and barricade to the full expression of your being and only exacerbates trauma it's more trauma not only is it bad that they hurt you in my case i was sent out to be sexually abused but then i'm told i'm wrong if i respond to that in the wrong way i mean that's like huh horrific it's evil right so but more importantly is the feelings the feelings of your sadness the feeling of the grief the the feeling of terror and then no one there to soothe you so what that means and whatever it is that happened to you if you have those feelings and there is no one there to soothe you to make you feel better then there is that you are wrong right you cannot have you can't expose and express those feelings those feelings are wrong you don't deserve to be loved you don't deserve to be cared for you don't deserve to be seen you are not important you do not matter that's the message and that's the message with this huge reservoir of feelings this huge continent of unexpressed grief and sadness and terror there is no one there you are fully exposed on this terrifying landscape and there is nothing for you to express you cannot you have to hide it all that is another dungeon keeper and 
It is important to see what happened, to relive what happened. But the most important part of all, and that's why the ayahuasca is so powerful, yes, she will take you into the past. She will take you into those events. But the most important and the most difficult thing, the most difficult thing of all for me in this process, you know, I can see demons, I can writhe and I can manifest the horror that happened. I can, you know, things are coming through me. I can deal with all of that. That's like, it's crazy, but I'm, you know, the worst, the most difficult thing, the most difficult thing is to release the sadness, the grief, the feeling that I had as a child in response to the trauma. That is the most, when I feel and I cry and I weep as a child, as I really feel the feelings, that really breaks me up because once you release those feelings, there's this knowing of the whole experience, the tragic, terrifying. You really get to understand in that moment the full overwhelm of that experience and you don't want to let it go. Right? That's why I've built these thousands of walls, these dungeon keepers, these sort of monstrosities, these sort of demonic <coughs> ghoulies that writhe through me. Because to experience the truth of the feeling that you felt when no one was there, to experience the sadness and the terror and the grief, the grief that's what you had to hold back because you knew no one was there. When you experience that and let that grief go, that sadness, that weeping, because that's what the ayahuasca is doing. She is probing you to get you to release those feelings, to release that sadness, to release that grief. Because when you do, you come home. They no longer can own you. They own you and they control you when you yourself have refused your own feelings. And as a child, if somebody beats the shit out of you or screams at you or whatever, and then you cry and they say, why are you crying? It's that moment that is the shackle to your burial ground. Every time you agree to refuse those deep feelings that need to be released and for which there is no one there to receive them or soothe you or love you. That is the injury. <coughs> so <coughs> for me, the most difficult part of all of this is to say that no, I am not strong, right? Because I built a whole defense mechanism that is all wired up and armored up and refusing everything and saying, I'm strong, I can deal with this. 
you're moving forward blindly in the dark, but you're just moving, you're surviving, you're actually on the run. What the armor is actually holding back is this huge mountain of grief and sadness and unexpressed needs that a child needs, right? Because you're an intuitive little piece of energy. You're not a thinking piece of energy. That's why you cry. You cry. Why does a baby cry? Because it's the only way it can express a need at a particular time. It can't say, oh, look, I need to be fed. It cries. I remember my son, when he was little, cried an awful lot. And I would go to his every, every time he cried. And I remember the doctor and he said, yeah, just let him cry by himself. Let him just cry. It was like, are you fucking insane? Children have no mechanism for a communication, right? They can't cry themselves to sleep. It's pathetic. That's coming from someone who gives, doesn't, you know, who lives in that self-hatred, right? A child is an innocent, vulnerable little thing. It requires tons of work before it can begin to fully be here. It's, it comes out early because its brain is too big and it can't fit to be exposed, right? We're not made to have children so late, right? So when they come out, they're still forming. That we just assume it's ready to go is insane. But anyway, that's a whole other subject matter. But in trauma, you're asking to be soothed and loved and cared for. That's what was missing. That cruel, loveless position that you were put in. That little child that had to endure abuse, that had to endure the horror, and then couldn't express his or her grief, his or her sadness, and there was no one there to come and soothe them. That injury is a wound. So what I built was tons and tons of armor, energetic armor, to refuse that huge valley of grief and sadness. That is what I have refused my whole life. If I don't get there and let go of that grief and sadness, it becomes toxic. I have no access to it. I have tons of armor that's like pushing me. It's like, they're like taskmasters. Like, don't feel that. Don't feel that. You know, we're here to keep going, keep looking forward, keep going forward. Like, you literally build your own sergeant, you know, whatever they call them in, in the Navy, right? Your own drill sergeant. That at that moment is a defense mechanism. It's the interpretation of them in you. Because there's no one there to love you. There's no one there to soothe, to cuddle, to tell you it's going to be okay. There's no safety. There's no one there that you think, I'm safe here. That combination of repressed grief and sadness, refused grief and sadness, lack of safety, lack of any ally, any caring, all of that is stuffed into you. 
And at the door of that room is a dungeon keeper, a drill sergeant that says, none of this will be exposed because you've been told that it's all wrong. You're wrong. You're a nuisance to be loved, to want to be loved, right? And so you yourself refuse yourself. Which is one of the things that the Shipibo said to me when I was down in Peru. It's like, you abandoned yourself. Because I had to. Because there was no one there. And this healing is a reconnect with you. And for you to reconnect, you have to get past your drill sergeants. You have to get past all the layers of beliefs and all your you know, vault building or your armor building to get to those feelings and release them. The healing is in the liberation of the release. And how the ayahuasca has worked with me is, now you, as a child, you don't want to release those feelings because A, you'll be met with even more injury. They'll beat the shit out of you or they'll scream at you or they'll make you feel bad. Or B, <coughs> There's no one there to heal you. No one there to take care of you. No one. So you're holding back. And, and you know, that's a lot of breaths. It's a lot of stuff from early on, right? It's, you're made to feel bad about having those feelings. It's wrong that you're not accepting that slap that you're not accepting that you know <coughs> truckload of criticism and hate right there's something wrong with you there's nothing wrong with you but you build then defense mechanisms to make that wrong in you it's wrong in me to want to be loved it is wrong in me to want to be taken care of you're a child you need to be taken care of. So that refusal of my feelings <clears throat> because of the terror, because of the threat of death, because of the threat of no one being there meant that I built walls and walls. And when they say walls, they're energetic, huge energetic things which literally come up through me that are really the refusers of me, the refusers of my feelings, the refusers of my life force. And the ayahuasca, if you're very, very far away from them, as I was, as I had them truly buried, deep, deep, deeply buried. She needed to take me back to the events that actually happened so I could see the truth of who these people were and see and then be able to release the grief and the sadness. That brings you back to you. That returns you to the memory of you that you never, you forgot. I had no memory of myself. I was just in constant panic because there was hell everywhere, right? So as you, the way back, as you, as you go, as you walk through this darkness, as you bump into walls, as you stumble through back to yourself, which is really what you're doing, you're, you're, she's taking you back 
to your original self, to the police that got paralyzed and closed down, when you relive in the past, literally, I mean, it was 3D hologram, whatever, when you relive the events, you can actually now grieve. You're actually in the event. And you're actually feeling the feeling. It's in you. You can actually feel the feeling of the terror, of the grief, and you weep. And when you weep and you let it go, you heal. Because finally, you're back home with yourself. You're back home and reconnected to yourself and to your soul. And how they played me because they used and abused me was it was wrong to challenge them, right? Imagine that you're this little tiny creature and you've got these big adults around you and you depend on them for your existence. And they say to you, if you challenge us, you're wrong. Well, then you're being wiped out. Again, it's another form of abuse, right? Whatever you do that doesn't suit us is wrong. Wipe out. If you cry and we do something to you and you cry, you're wrong. Wipe out. You're constantly wiping yourself out. You have no control, you have no power in that environment. You're continuously being thrown out by a wave. You're being pinned to the floor of that ocean. So as you are being pinned down, you're building basically layers and layers of armor. Because you've got to survive. And they're telling you that who you are is wrong. What you feel is wrong. What are you going to do? You're going to have to hide. That feeling is real to you. That feeling doesn't go away. It doesn't disappear. You don't. You just stick it in the shadow. It still has activity. It just has no access. Right? And so the thing about the medicine is that she's opening. She's tearing down. Because the terror keeps you, keeps all of these emotions, you know, in your storage locker. I don't want to see it. I didn't happen. I can't have this feeling. I'm not allowed to feel sadness when they do this to me. I'm not allowed to feel grief. There is no one for me when I, this happens. There's no one to listen, to understand, to soothe. There's nothing but this monster that's saying, that's laughing and cackling, which he did to me, like he laughed. You're weak. You're wrong. There's this kind of sarcastic, you know, making fun of, right? It's such a massive betrayal, I can't even, whatever. But that's what she's doing, is she's removing the person you built, the armor you built, to authorize them because you're in an impossible situation. You're little, right? She's removing all the energies, and they are energies, that are built as walls to yourself. And by taking you into the past and by you reliving the events, you actually get to feel the actual feelings you had in that moment. It's not the event which is already bad enough. It's the feeling. 
It's the feeling of terror. It's the feeling of sadness. It's the feeling of grief. All of those feelings is the thing that dissolves you. You allow yourself to have those feelings. And the more you allow yourself to have those feelings, the more you pierce these energetic drill sergeants, the dungeon keepers that have kept you imprisoned from life. It's a prison. If somebody refuses your existence, refuses your feelings, refuses the safety and love that's required, you, that doesn't go away. Just because I become a palm tree, it doesn't mean that the fact that I was really, you know, a frog. I'm still a frog. It's just a hidden frog, so to speak, right? The palm tree is just the armor. I made that person so I wouldn't die. But it doesn't mean that all the feelings of, you know, the frog that I truly am has disappeared. It's in hiding. The truth of you doesn't go away. You're just refusing it life. You're refusing it entry into the party. You're, you're, you're just refusing yourself. It doesn't mean it dies. It's still an activity, but it's a hidden, repressed activity that you have no access to. And so the ayahuasca pierces through the armor, which is built as terror, takes down the armor by letting you experience the, the events that have been kept refused. I didn't even remember all of these events. I don't remember any of this. This is all complete memory that's been just shut down. She opens up that place. So you have to live the event, the actual event being three before, and then the actual grief of that event that you were refused. And in the end, the most difficult part of all of this is releasing that feeling. Now, the great thing about the ayahuasca is there were no parents there to receive you. In the ayahuasca ceremony, the ayahuasca is there plus tons of spirit guides so you know that you're safe that there's love that there's someone there to accept your feelings you can feel sorry for yourself you can have pity and compassion for yourself and you have the whole universe saying it's okay you can let this go one of the most difficult things for me because it was pretty awful is to let go, to know that there is something there that I can release all of myself to. So in Peru, in these magnificent, it was incredible, you know, in these post-ayahuasca ceremonies, the ayahuasca is basically saying, give it all up to the earth, right? Give it all up, whatever you built, let it be recycled basically right give it back to the earth surrender yourself like mulch back to the earth and 
that was that was the most difficult thing to do throughout this entire experience what I didn't want to do is to give anything up because the terror of what lay behind those layers and layers of energetic dungeon keepers I didn't want to feel those feelings of pure terror of grief, of sadness, of being so alone. I never wanted to feel that. Because there was no one there. And I, you know, God, I did so many things to refuse it. You know, pretended myself into people, into, you know, pretended myself constantly into something that would be a wall to this feeling. Right? The universe doesn't go away just because you refuse or you put something in the shadow. It doesn't deactivate it. It has energy. It's poisoning your system. Right? It's, it's like, you know, in the ocean, <clears throat> on the wave on the boat, it won't let it... It has momentum and force. It's dragging on you. It won't let you go forward. Right? You have to release it. Well, how am I going to release it if I don't even know it? I didn't. I had no idea. I had this whole continent of stuff that was deeply hidden that I had built layer after layer after layer of walls and dungeon keepers and that was holding this all of this back because I'd been hijacked by darkness so this is not a spiritual experience when I say spiritual it's not like you know a spa day this is really difficult stuff. It's not spiritual. It's not let's all chant. It's you have to dissolve your energy. You have to get back to all the feelings that you've repressed. You've got to overcome all the beliefs you've had about these people who are supposedly your parents, that have massive ownership and control over you if there's terror. These are really powerful feelings, powerful terror and, you know, and denial and refusals. You have to face them. And they're big. They're tidal waves. They're like, it's either life or death. That's why they're so powerful. You either live or die. If you're a child and you're in a, someone's coming at you to hurt you, etc., you know, it's life or death. There's no, and you're powerless and vulnerable. It's life or death. It's not, oh, I'm going to have a spiritual experience. No, no. He's coming at you with a, with a huge hand to beat the shit out of you. You're going to feel that pain. 
You don't ever want to feel that pain. You'll do anything to not feel that pain. You're bracing for death. My whole life as a child was bracing for death. So I had to build a huge bunker in which I could stick all the truth of my feeling because if I felt any of it, it would be over. So what you're doing really is the ultimate act of the warrior, which is you are going to open up. You are going to challenge that terror. And again, the great thing about the ayahuasca is she gives you the strength. It's like the universe shows up this incredible love and says, listen, I'm going to take you here. I'm going to show you and I'm going to love you back into existence. So it's okay if I show you this event and you feel the, the real grief of that event because I am here for you when you feel that. And every time you feel that, I am going to heal you because the healing is reliving that moment and that trapped feeling that you have not let yourself feel. Right? I wouldn't, I wouldn't let myself feel anything. I wouldn't let myself anyway challenge these people. They had to be right. They cannot be wrong because you die. Where are you going to go? So you have to make them right. For you to make them right and for whatever they're doing to for you to you to be right, you have to be wrong. You have to put your feelings away. You can't challenge them because you're gonna die. So you have to accept, authorize, legitimize in whatever way you can, and all you've got is your consciousness, right? You don't have <coughs> A ticket to Bali, that's it, it's them. That's the environment. You're going to have to be conditioned by them. You're going to have to build yourself in their mold and refuse you. You have been told that you are wrong. If they're beating the shit out of you or screaming at you or criticizing you or whatever, you are the wrong, on the wrong side of this thing. And you cannot respond. It is the most unfair, horrific situation for any child in the universe to be beaten into somebody else's version of life. Again, that doesn't mean that your script disappears. If I was supposed to be a frog and I was told being a frog was wrong, my frog doesn't disappear, it just goes underground. And it's so funny because if you look at anything in life, it's the same thing, right? In all these countries and all these sort of dictatorships that don't let people express themselves, they don't go away. They just go underground. Expression doesn't go away. It doesn't say, oh, I'm just going to shut up now and not say anything. Everything goes somewhere. It goes into the dark. It's just not available in the light. And that's why there are these regimes have people that tell on each other and you know they have these people that go around to ensure people you can't if you're not free 
you need guards to ensure that you won't come out, right? These dictatorships don't last because people have just agreed to give up telling the truth. They exist because it's a constant state of threat and terror, right? There are armed militia on the streets. There are people that, you know, spy on each other that are planted in families. I mean, that's how it works. It doesn't go away. Just because you tell me to shut the fuck up doesn't mean that I don't still feel those feelings. I may not express them, right? But I'm going to create a revolutionary underground where we're plotting to overthrow you. Even though you're cutting our heads off on the street or you're hanging us or whatever, it doesn't go away. And may be silenced. You may have been silenced and refused and traumatized. It doesn't mean that you're silenced. Those feelings do not disappear. They just go underground. <coughs> they express themselves through an addiction. They're still being expressed, right? If I've been traumatized and I can't express it, I might have to go and stick a needle in my arm and do heroin so I can be re relieved of the feeling of being repressive, having my feelings unheard, unseen. The activity of being repressed doesn't go away. It goes underground. And dictators and bullies and tyrants like I grew up with know this. They know that they must constantly threaten in order for you to be submissive to them. Because it's not enough to tell you once. They have to keep the threat on all the time for you to constantly surrender to their needs. And that's what happened to me. It was a constant threat until I made the threat into a palatable story where he became the victim and I became the heroine. When it became a way of life for me, when his bullying and his whatever he was doing, as far as refusing my life was, it became a way of, it ex I had built the dungeon keepers in me that were him, right? Once I had built them inside of me and I was refusing myself within, I'd built my own energetic barrier to refuse myself as he had refused me, then he became, you know, I became a card-carrying member of this sort of fascistic state. And I converted him into a victim. And I was the heroine that was going to free him by becoming what he needed. You would be king and I would be free. I was your crack pipe and you were my church. I had elevated, pedestaled. I had put you now in a place of power and authority after years and years of being bullied and, you know, basically torn down. You had full access. I was now a fully formed disciple of your darkness. But I had continents and continents of repressed grief and sadness and isolation. 
and again, you see it in every day. It's the same thing in these third world countries, right, that are run by these dictatorships. It's the same thing. Just because I silence you doesn't mean you just go away. So in this act of healing and retrieval and reconnection to your soul, what you're reconnecting to is all the parts of you that were refused. And in order for me, because I had no access, because it was all in a memory, in order for me to do that, I had to be taken back and literally relive in that 3D hologram. I was literally, I could smell the breath of people. It was like I was there. When I was actually there, I could feel and we, I let myself feel and weep because around me was the ayahuasca and the shipibo and just this huge cushion of love and caring. It was like they were my family. They weren't going to laugh at me like they did when I was younger. That's how, that's how he, he laughed at me if I was terrified or if I was sad. A total sadomasochistic piece of evil. You win. That's how you get yourself back. That's how you make yourself whole, is you have to return to those pieces that are all living in these separate islands, these fragments of you. Returning to those fragments to experience those feelings that are in the dark, that's it. You get yourself back. You make yourself legitimate. My whole childhood was spent legitimizing evil and refusing myself. When you return to those feelings, you get re-legitimized. You get put back in power. And they are exiled. It's like the Furies. It's like the dark energies. It's like... You know, it's like they steal your soul. It's a theft. Now, I didn't understand it when they said to me, sorry, Maria, you were stolen. Didn't mean, I didn't know what it meant because I had no access to those memories. All I had was layers and layers of these dungeon keepers that were constantly like drill sergeants, just keep moving forward, keep looking forward, don't look back. And that first dream I had after 13 and a half years of meditation basically said, you need to get past these drill sergeants. You need to penetrate these layers that you built and see the truth of what happened. Because only by doing that, because it was an abandonment, when you do that, when you refuse yourself, you have abandoned yourself. You have abandoned your soul, right? The ayahuasca is saying, we need to reconnect you with your soul that you abandoned. And again, no shade, you had to. You had no choice. You desperately do not want to feel those feelings. You do not want to feel that three-year-old that four-year-old, that five-year-old, that six-year-old who's being screamed at or abused or 
told off because there's no one there to love you, to take care of you, right? And that's how you reconnect, by reconnecting to those parts of you that you have refused, to those feelings that you have refused. That's the most difficult, you know, you can sit in a ceremony, I sat, sat in many of them, and all sorts, I mean, again, I have, you know, had to see things that I wouldn't wish on a, my enemy, right, of sexual abuse early on and the horror of what happened. And that was bad. But what was worse, and what was much worse, even than seeing these furies that come up and these energies that are like demons and I mean I've seen a lot of the dark but the worst part the thing I do not want to do is to feel those feelings like being so exposed so vulnerable so unsafe I never wanted to feel that which is why I put them into the dark. But it's okay, you can feel them because <coughs> you are being led by this incredible divinity and this incredible love. <coughs> and, you know, it's like finally people care. <coughs> it's finally there's an ally. There's an ally. I remember going through my divorce when it was like, I thought an ally was coming and it was even more zombies, right? The legal system, more zombies. It's, you're always hoping for, as a child, for love to finally show up. I was always inventing love. I was trying to invent it in people, but it didn't exist. <coughs> there was nothing but abuse. <clears throat> so you don't believe in love. You won't let yourself be loved. You know, you become a hard ass, right? But behind all of that armor is really your vulnerability, your sensibility, your tenderness, right? How can you live without that tenderness? And <clears throat> Once you're reconnected, you can let yourself feel that. You know, you're, you can become sweet again. You can become vulnerable again. You can become whole again. Right? You can, you know, as the universe says, you know, as it's done for me, it's like I can let all of it go. It's going to be okay. You don't have to walk around armored up all day as a defense mechanism. Your power doesn't lie in being a defense mechanism. It's the weakest place in the universe to be in refusal of you because you've, ref you've refused your power. Your power is your ability to feel, your ability to be vulnerable, your ability to surrender to the universe. That's your power. Then you're one with it. You can move with the flow of the universe, right? You have no power if you've been shut down, if you've, been, if you've built yourself like I did, a thousand dungeon keepers, 
taskmasters that say, no, we own you. You can't have love. You can't have feeling. You can't have emotion. To feel anything is wrong. There's no one there for you. There is. It's a whole universe. You're going to be okay. You're going to be okay. You can feel sad. You can weep. You can let yourself. You're not an intellectual thing. These things aren't happening in an intellectual domain. Later on, you, that becomes a defense mechanism. I can talk about it. I can describe it. I, no, no. The power is in the feeling, is an experience. That's what you have as a child. You don't just have intellect as a child. You have intuition. You have feeling. That's all you're experiencing. You're a little vibrant piece of nervousness and energy, right? You're a nervous system. You're not a thinking thing. You're bracing for life or death. Therein lies your power to go through that journey back home where your feelings have been shut down. Not disappeared, not buried, just in the dark. And you've been owned by the dungeon keeper that says, don't look here. You're not allowed to have these feelings. You're not allowed to be this. You're not allowed to be who you are. You're not allowed to be a piece of this divinity. No. I need you to be what I need you to be to further my agenda or my dysfunction or my fucked upness. It doesn't matter. It's all imprisonment. No matter what it looks like, no matter what its ideology, if you are not allowed to be the full expression of your being, however you want to wrap it up, it's an imprisonment. It's a hostage taking. That's what this is all about. And that's why it's a long process if, you spend a, if you've been terrorized and refused and you've built this whole armor, this whole being in relationship to the abuser. You need to disentangle all of it. Take away its power by accepting your feelings. Once you accept you, it can have no more power. Those, that armor is going to start dissolving. It's the acceptance of you. And that's the thing. As a child, you're waiting for parents to love you into existence. Right? If that doesn't show up, then you're fucked. Right? So if that's not showing up, you're putting yourself in the dark and authorizing armor and them. They're refusing your life. They've kept you in prison. This journey back is to basically release you. It releases you by reliving, by refeeling, by dissolving. All, that, all those ar layers of armor and taskmasters and dungeon keepers, they can't have any power if you're allowing yourself to be you, to allow yourself to feel to know who you are, to accept who you are. 
I didn't know I'd abandoned myself. How could I know? How could you know as a child that you're the one that's actually being injured? You can't. You're depending on, these, on this evil to survive or in the darkness or whatever, right? You have to authorize them. They're going to feed you. There's no one else but them, right? You've got to believe them. You have to make what they need. If they want you to be a palm tree and you're a frog, you need to become a palm tree. You can't be the frog. But that refusal of your frog is the trauma. They own you. They've made you go into the dark. They've made you refuse your life force. You're terrified of your life force. It's been made wrong. It's wrong to be pink. It's wrong to be black. It's wrong to be polka dotted. I don't want that, right? That's what the world says outside. It's one over another. You're wrong, I'm right. It's wrong to be you. We're always in a constant state of refusal of this life force in all its 10 zillion variants because we need to control, because we need to own, because we're weak. Life says it is flourishing in 10 million variants. It's just going to come up, do its thing, disappear. Come up, do its thing, disappear. Why are we so eager to refuse and to just take up the landscape of everyone else? I have no idea. But if you have been suffering from trauma and you have been refused and your script and whatever it was that you were going to show up as is shut down and then you authorize the prison keeper, that's it. You're in prison forever. You've built what they want. It's like a virus. They take takes over. Right? It's a dark. Mara. So allow for the dissolving. If you can't do it in this dimension, you can do it in many others with plant medicines, whether it's ayahuasca or iboga. I don't know, there's tons of them. Or my tumor, you can check it out some but it's all over the place. Right? It's not about the plant, it's about your release from prison. Okay? It's the vehicle that you use to get out. It's the key to get out. That's all. It unlocks the key. It unlocks the prison cell. When I first took ayahuasca, it was like I was in. Like she had given me the key in to myself. Right, when they started singing the Ikaros, I'm like, I'm in. It's been five years of deconstructing. Right? Daily. Because the takeover was so huge. The terror was huge. The trick was huge. It was like a spell. It's like a cult. Right? I had so believed this horror. I had so authorized it and refused my feelings, my truth. 
And even you can get, I get flashbacks, right? Of like, oh, you know, she needs, you know, my mother needs to be taken care of, not me. Like it's, it's like these deep, they're rooted in you. Like you don't matter. They need to be taken care of. You're responsible for them. No. So they're deeply rooted. They like really claw into your system. It's like, no. I don't give a shit. I care about how I am doing. I care about being whole. I care about being connected. I care about this truth that my soul is, which I don't really know that well. I'm just beginning to know who I am. It's like, you know, when you're in prison, right? People are in prison for a long time and they come out and they want to go back into prison because they're so used to being in prison. Being outside in the world, you have to get to know who you are, who you really are without all of this smog and covering and this terror and this threat. To sit out there in the middle of the universe and not be terrified for your life. It's a whole new experience. It's a whole new trusting of you, of the universe. It's taking off all the armor you've worn for years and years and years and exposing yourself to yourself, to what you feel. And it's incredible because as that energy changes within you, the changes will happen outside of you. Because you're back in the flow of the energy of the world, of where you were supposed to go, of not holding back. It's like holding back the ocean. You're terrified that if I let go, the ocean's going to completely overwhelm me. It will. If you let go of your armor, the, uh, the ocean will overwhelm you. But you will be you. You will be one back. It takes a while. It takes trusting and love. Surrender. And I know, it's terrifying. Believe you me, I've been there for a long time. But there's only one place to go if you've been traumatized. There's one place where this, love, this divine love is endless, where this divine help is endless. There's one huge cushion of love and support, and that is the universe. However you get there, however, whatever plant, whatever thing, whatever, just get there. It's the 10,000 things where you are, you came from originally. That's it. Bye.